is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I'm Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. We're on X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you want to find us. We are there. Even Threads. We mentioned that last week. Threads is still a thing, so go check us out over there if you want to. You're not going to see anything posted, but we're there. Um, also, while you're listening to this show, whether you're on like Apple, Spotify, or over on YouTube, go check out the description. We've got Everything Cups and mm. Designs Facebook link. Valentine's Day is actually tomorrow as of recording this, so I want to give a shout-out to everybody for Valentine's Day. Hope you have a good day. And also a big shout-out to my mom because it's actually her birthday on Valentine's Day. So as of everybody everybody listening to this, wish Bonnie Weeks a happy birthday. Um, Yeah, I'll have to be sure to do so. But yeah, go check out Everything Custom Design. Speaking of Bonnie Weeks, she is a customer of Haley Wagner, actually, our friend um, that, that does her small business. You know, I, I don't think she's doing any President's Day clothings, but there's going to be more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, more if somebody requests it, I guess. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. I guess you could request like a customized president, uh, president head <laughs> shirt or something like that. She'll do it. It's customized clothing, everybody. So you, you get the drill. But we have a Facebook link. Reach out to her. Check out her stuff. She does a lot of good work. I think I want to start this show talking about just the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl did happen, even though it is the Steelers show. I feel like we need to recognize that the Super Bowl just happened. Kansas City yeah. Chiefs first repeat Super Bowl champions since the uh, two thousand what three and four New England Patriots. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty crazy that it's been that long since a repeat champion. Didn't like as far as like parody goes in the NFL. I, there's a fair amount of parody, but you, you would have thought like it felt like there was some sort of back to back champion somewhere in the last twenty years. I guess not. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Kansas even if it was Chiefs, the Patriots, like. Even if it was the Patriots, yeah, yeah. I mean, the and I guess it probably feels like that because the Patriots were in like several Super Bowls in a row, but they didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily always win that Super Bowl. Um, But yeah, so Chiefs they did defeat the Forty Niners. It was a good game, honestly. I I I think that as far as the game goes, it was a really good game, which is all I could ask for when it came to this Super Bowl. As soon as the Lions lost, and I don't know how it was for you personally, but as soon as the Lions lost, all of my interest for a, 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 or at least a rooting interest was basically just sucked out. It was gone. And I more so just really just wanted a, a good Super Bowl at that point, which we got. We got our first overtime Super Bowl since that 28-3 game with the Falcons and the Patriots, um, which was exciting. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a good game. Patrick Mahomes gets their third. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs. I mean, they're a brand-new dynasty. They are the New England Patriots of this this century or this this decade. Um, but yeah, what do you, do you think about the Super Bowl? Going right from the Brady era to the Mahomes era, just so ridiculous, man. It's but in the AFC, like this can't even be happening in the NFC this time yeah. or anything like that. Both guys in the AFC. Now, granted, Brady did win his last in the NFC, but you get my drift. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a dynasty at this point. I think you get three and five years, it's officially a dynasty. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. Patrick Mahomes is in only his seventh year, his sixth year as a starter. Uh, so he's won the Super Bowl half the time that he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
Um, it started out slow. I thought the Super Bowl in general, like it was, a, and it still ended up being a good, a better defensive game than I think a lot of people expected coming into it. Uh, these were two really good defenses. Kansas City's defense definitely slept on. You know, I thought this was the best defense they've had in the Mahomes era, and they needed it to be because the offense wasn't where it had been in previous years with Patrick Mahomes leading it. And I think that they kind of recognized that. I'm not saying I would never in a million years call Patrick Mahomes a game manager, but I definitely think there was times where he took the approach of just not prioritizing ball security over trying to play hero ball a lot this year. Like he even talked about that today on the Pat McAfee show saying like in that Raiders game, they lost, even though the Raiders completed only two passes after halftime. And it was because of mistakes that the offense made in that game. He realized we have a special defense this year. I need to like take a step back and just not turn the football over and take as many chances as I've been taking. Um, and obviously the approach for them worked. Uh, what's scary about this is this seemed like it was the year to get the chiefs because of what I'm saying with the offense. Like you feel like, man, now they have the opportunity to probably go out and get some playmakers for this offense. Now this off season and prioritize that. And they're only going to get better on offense. You know, another year of Rasheed Rice, who I thought really came on as the year went on, um, you know, and who else, who knows what else they add to that. Like they could spend definitely a pick within the first couple of rounds on a wide receiver and add to that room and get another weapon for that offense. So I think that's probably the scariest part about the chiefs winning this year was that it seemed like it was wide open this year. There was no way the chiefs were going to win it. And yet, they do it. They go Buffalo on the road, Baltimore on the road, and then beat a 49ers team all three games they were the underdog in. So I don't know. No, no reason to think that they're slowing down. I saw, you know, the betting odds are obviously out early 2024, 2025 Super Bowl. Is that the 49ers at the top? How? How, how can you not have there until they're not? I, I don't know. I, the only reason I would think that the Chiefs would go down as long as Mahomes is still there is if one of his two biggest helpers go away. So one, if, if, if Travis Kelsey ever retired or if Andy mm-hmm. Reid ever retired, if one or of those health, two things obviously, happen, like if or, or health, hurt, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. but yeah, that's like an anomaly. That's completely different. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if Kelsey ever retires or Andy Reid decides to hang him up as well, those are the two things that I think could rock the chiefs enough that they might not be the same team because as as far as like Mahomes goes himself like he's never won a Super Bowl without Andy Reid so you might get into a eventually you might get into a situation of uh what the Patriots kind of got into is like well is it more yeah. Brady or more Belichick and so I guess we'll, we'll have to wait to find out to see because I, I can't imagine I can't imagine that Andy Reid will be there the entire career of Patrick Mahomes um but yeah that's Say that he's not. You'll see what Patrick Mahomes does is if he's able to carry the team the same way. If the if the Chiefs are that that same team without Andy Reid, but regardless, as of right now, they're going to be here. They're going to be going for the three peat next year. No NFL team has ever three peated, and well, and I think that's of, the motivation. Like, and as of right now, I I feel like it's it's not crazy to think that they're going to do it. Because you look at the NFL, you I mean, and you just said it. How how are the 49ers the betting odds favorite right now? It's it's you look at the rest of the AFC. You saw what they did this season with as much adversity they they had going on the road to hostile environments in Buffalo and in Baltimore. How how are they we not expecting a three peat? Yeah, and I get like you know there there's the attrition aspect of it too, where like you could say it's harder to to win the following season because you had a long season, but it's not like the NHL or 
NBA where it's like you have that much of a stretch of where you're playing in the playoffs compared to teams that's regular season ended. You know, you're talking about like a month difference as opposed to like a couple months in, in some of the other leagues. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that element plays into it as much as like how impressive it was for let's bring up the penguins why not pittsburgh to go back to back obviously the two years that they won the cup because of you know kind of going against attrition and playing so much physical contact sport uh within a two-year period but um yes i don't know how much that dynamic is going to play into it does it and we kind of had this conversation on steelers afternoon drive does it at all like discourage you as a fan like watching this with the chiefs like say man like what are we even playing for at this point playing in the same conference as the chiefs not only thinking about like can they win a Super Bowl, but can they even get to a Super Bowl because of who's in the AFC? If uh, if the question is phrased as uh, just the Chiefs, I'd say no, because we got to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls while Brady was in the NFL with the Patriots and had, had already had three Super Bowls. Both of our Super Bowls in our lifetimes came after Brady had already won three. So the fact that that, that team had already done that and we still got to Super Bowls, I would say no, like just the Chiefs by themselves. But you look at the AFC as a whole, and it gets really tough. The AFC top to bottom is not as good, or, or was not as good back then as it is right now, especially the talent at the quarterback play you have on so many of these teams. It's a little concerning. And obviously we have the Steelers defense that's really carrying the team. But whenever you're the kind of the outlier in the way that these teams are winning games mo- most of the time, and that especially in the AFC – it's more so on your quarterback play as of right right now to be able to carry you in mm-hmm. the the basically your style of play as a team. That's that's kind of how every team is building their 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 team is they they're getting that athletic presence at quarterback, the, just the super freaks at quarterback, and building around them. That's not the way the Steelers are built around. So they're kind of playing catch up, and they're also playing a, a different style of game compared to everybody else. I don't think that it, it's it's uh, as bad as it seems just because I feel like the Steelers are still capable of winning against some of these teams. But to say that they can go – say the Steelers have to go to um, Buffalo like they did and then they have to go to Baltimore and then go to Arrowhead in, in a playoff run, man, it, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to win all three of those games. Yeah, I mean, and you're talking about like Joe Burrow coming back healthy next year. Obviously, you got Justin Herbert with Chargers. We'll see how different they look with Harbaugh. But like just the talent at the position, um, I expect like Trevor Lawrence to bounce back. CJ Stroud's in the AFC now. Look at the rookie year he just had. Like it's not getting easier. Anthony Richardson, we'll see what he's like healthy in Indy because he looked pretty good up until he got hurt. The question is probably going to be health there with him. Yeah, there's (laughs) it ain't getting any easier for the Steelers. That's that's for sure. So I think that like the interesting thing that we've talked about, like are they closer? had this conversation a couple weeks ago closer to being the chiefs or the 49ers you know and which path would it be you're, you're like finding an alien at quarterback like that is, is so hard but like you talked about a unicorn coach as well as with the offensive mind that shanahan is so like i don't know i don't know which one's going to be easier for them to find i don't know which path is for, is better for them to take but like taking a step even further back from that and looking at the teams that were in the final four i think that's a realistic path to try to become like the detroit lions like i think that's mm-hmm. probably out of the teams that were in the final four, that's probably the closest one that the Steelers are to and can get to. Like you look at, I love Jared Goff. I think that what he's done in Detroit has been fantastic. Um, but like, I, I don't know that anybody's thinking that he's one of these elite players at his position in the league. Like I would consider him somewhere within that, that 
10 to 12 range, probably with the way that he's played in Detroit. Um, but like, it's so crowded within that. Like you have, like, I feel like a clear cut group of guys that like Mahomes is clear in a way, number one to me. Then like, I, I have Josh Allen number two, but I know like a lot of people think like Joe Burrow is, is health as healthy as number two, but like Noodle you can have a conversation arm. about guys below. <laughs> you can, have, you can have a conversation about guys below Mahomes. I, no one's touching Mahomes right now for me, but anyway, what I'm getting at is I feel like Detroit is probably the closest blueprint that is there for where the Steelers can be if they build this thing. Right. Um, Let's talk about let's talk about the Steelers now. Let's bring them into the conversation since this is the Steelers show. Twelve minutes in, um, they made some transactions that I don't know that we were expecting to happen at least right away. And I think that they're probably doing good by the players, giving them an early jump on free agency and letting them get out there. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was released, and that one was expected. I mean, obviously, but like the timing of it, not necessarily it didn't have to happen right away. You know, the day after the Super Bowl, the way that it did. But Chukuma Okorafor also released, and Presley Harvin the third released. Uh, Okorafor, I thought they could get a third round, or not a third round, a day three pick for. Um, so, you know, I would have liked to have seen them explore that option, and maybe it wouldn't have happened. Maybe they would have had to have released them anyway. But again, that's where mm-hmm. it like comes down to timing for me. Like, they didn't necessarily have to do it right when they did. Uh, and then Presley Harvin, I'm not necessarily surprised by the release, but I definitely thought he could get to camp in an actual competition this year, like not like you know, Braden Mann, okay, like he ended up getting an NFL job somewhere else. But I thought like we would bring in somebody where that is clearly the favorite to get the job. And then Presley Harvin doesn't get out of camp. Like I thought he would get cut at some point. Um, but to see him released when it was, I thought that was interesting too. So, you know, did any of those three moves surprise you, whether it is even just being cut or the timing of them, any aspect? I think the timing of it did just because the, I mean, we're talking about the Super Bowl the for the first 10 minutes of the show it was just a, the, this mm-hmm. past sunday and it seems like the steelers are wasting no time but the the that was the more so surprising part the players themselves the cuts themselves not really especially when you look at chooks was not the starting right tackle um when it comes to the, the last last season by the end of the season he was not the starting right tackle but i mean by midseason he was not the starting right tackle anymore and when you look at him and that he was going to be on the books for close to $10 million next season, he was an easy cap casualty um, when it comes to getting rid of him. Now, if they could have explored a trade, that would have been obviously better getting some sort of return for him. But I feel like no matter what, he was not going to be on the team. So it's not that surprising to me. And then as far as like Titty Boy goes, Mitch Trubisky, I don't think that he – was going to be back under any circumstances. So that's also not surprising. And I'm trying to think of like, what is Mitch Trubisky's best moment as a Steelers quarterback? Is it that Tampa game where he had to come in and, and, and led them to a victory in 2022? I would say, I mean, think about it. That's Tom Brady that he beat at home. I, I think so. I, I would think that that's probably his best moment as a Steelers, which is sad to think about, but the I only mean, other option is, yeah, in reality, if you're just looking at wins goes, is the opening game of last season where they won at Cincinnati 23 to 20. And yeah. the only but that was really a defensive win. That that wasn't an offensive win. So yeah, that, sure. that Tampa that Tampa win was definitely probably the, the highlight of his career as a Steeler. Just a, a big disappointment from what we hoped we could see with Mitch Trubisky. Honestly, when you look at some of the stuff that he was able to do as a bear and then realize that he was on the Bears doing it, you would have thought that he could have had a better uh tenure here as a stealer 
But nonetheless, with the quarterback play that we've had since it's and he's the worst of the bunch, it's no surprise that they're going to be moving on from him. And I know that the, the report said that they were mutually parting ways, even if it wasn't mutual. I mean, there was no way that that dude was going to be. <laughs> did back. you see my did you see my tweet about it? No. <laughs> what did I you said? Say? Uh, I said do a leap and I have mutually agreed to not begin dating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's I, accurate. The, the that's mutual accurate. part of it, the mutual part of it might be the timing. Like it was going to happen yeah. regardless. Yeah. But that's like true. maybe Mitch was like, okay, if this is gonna happen, could we do it now? Like to give me an early jump. Yeah, no, that's 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 true, 100 percent Um, and then Presley Harvin. <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't think it's surprising. I mean, maybe the timing of it, like you mentioned, like getting not getting to camp or anything like that. Yeah, but I don't I mean, think t- how many times did Tomlin call him out, like literally by yeah. name last year? So like, yeah, and yeah. it's one thing for like the fans to really complain about a punter, but when your head coach is calling you out for not getting the job done, then you know it's a problem. Um, and like I was looking at some punting stats from this past season, and with like a minimum of twenty five attempts as a punter, uh, he was the second worst when it came to the average punt distance at 43.8 per punt and then if you look at his net um he was bottom five in the nfl under the same he he was the fourth worst in the nfl when you look at his net putt punt distance so from from that when you just look at those two things alone i i don't think that it's that surprising at all i think that after this guy won the ray guy award it is the ray guy award right the punter yeah. award yeah mm-hmm. the after he won the ray guy award there was probably a lot of high hopes. I mean, I know there was. I, I thought that he was going to be a good punter for the Steelers. I just don't think it's panned out. And even though I'm, I'm I'm saying that this he's bottom two, bottom four in these statistical categories, this was his best season as a Steeler. So if that's not telling of anything that they need to yeah. find a new punter, uh, Ryan Rico from BYU, just saying, I think okay. that it's, it's not surprising whatsoever that he's going to be gone. Who's the kid out of Iowa? He might go like in round four or five, dude, as a punter. Um, Troy is his name Troy Taylor or something. Taylor, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Haven't I haven't uh, got into my Taylor. Corey Taylor. Sorry. Troy uh, Taylor is Stanford's head coach. Okay. Yeah, Troy Taylor, the punter out of Iowa, another one of these Australian-born punters that's becoming a lot more common in the NFL. But he is a beast. Um, yeah, but I don't know if they'll go that route. Probably. I, I can't assume that they're going to draft another punter. I don't think they're going to want to go that route. However, like people make that a big thing, but like I, a majority of the punters in the NFL are drafted sure. Like later on, like Presley Harvin pick, but people make it seem like it's like that you shouldn't use a draft pick on a punter or kicker ever when a majority of them have been. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't think that there's not, much more. You're that. not going to use a draft pick on a punter when a lot of the times your seventh round picks don't even make the team out of camp anyway. Yeah, instead you could use a seventh round pick on Chris Oladokun. There you go, two time Super Bowl champion <laughs> Chris Oladokun. He is, yeah, absolutely. Um, not much more on that. Eddie Faulkner did have his contract extended. This also happened uh, the same day as these cuts from the Steelers. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think that everybody's got to love this move. Like, honestly, the offensive coordinator 
like de facto offensive coordinator role that him and Mike Sullivan had to share once Matt Canada was let go, I think it went better than a lot of people could expect. Like, you know, if the offense would have completely bottomed out even worse than it was under Matt Canada, I don't think the two of us would have been surprised by that just because it's like, you know, neither of these guys, Mike Sullivan has some play calling experience, but like it didn't go well. So I don't think we would have been surprised if things somehow even got worse for the Steelers offense, but they did get better. You know, had a couple 30-point games within there, and I thought that they found their footing, obviously, enough for them to get into the postseason. And maybe that is just that much of a credit to Mason Rudolph playing within that offensive system. But I would like to think that those guys definitely picked up the ball that was dropped and did a good enough job. And we know how good Eddie Faulkner has been with the running backs. I mean... Obviously, they spent a first-round pick on Najee Harris. They would think that he was going to produce the way that he did. But I really think what Eddie Faulkner's, you know, when we look back on this, at least for his time being with his tenure so far, I think what we're really going to circle is the emergence of Jalen Warren. I mean, finding him as an undrafted free agent in the way that he's been brought along, I, I think that that's the one thing for sure that Eddie Faulkner is going to be able to hang his hat on. And if he ends up, you know, parlaying this and becomes an offensive coordinator somewhere else down the line. That is probably the one thing that people are going to look at first and foremost is his development of a guy that's become just, you know, a vital part of the Steelers offense when they found him out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Jalen Warren, we've, t- we've said it before at times looks like the RB one with the Steelers. It's, it's no surprise mm-hmm. um, that you, he's going to get a lot of credit for that. I mean, he's undrafted free agent, like you said, I, I think that another thing too, when you were talking about the offense and how they were performing, what's funny thing is I remember talking about them immediately after they took over. I do think it bottomed out. I, I, I think that from what we saw with Canada for the first couple of games, from what we saw was that, that tandem of Sullivan and Faulkner did get worse, but the difference was they were able to find a chemistry and find a, a identity enough to yeah. be able to, win some games see and i don't think it was, was it, all mason rudolph but i think it was them figuring out and maybe it's because he's a running back coach we just need to ground and pound more yeah i was gonna ask you though like how much how much of it was on that man this is again where it's like interesting to try to place blame but how much of it was their their game plans and how much of it was mitch trubisky's play in those i mean yeah that's 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 a fair point that's a fair point yeah who we who we just talked about because you look at the Arizona game actually started out pretty well. I know they only had they had what three points when Kenny got hurt. Maybe they score a touchdown there uh, if he doesn't, and they're looking at ten points um, but before half. But it wasn't like they were scoring a bunch of points. Still only had sixteen in that game against Cincinnati uh, in the game where they moved the ball well. But yeah, then it's like you know New England didn't go very well. Obviously, Indy didn't go very well, and then Cincinnati. Seattle Baltimore is hard to even because of like the the way the weather was for that game I mean and Mm. I I don't know I just felt like they it's a tough to gauge because Baltimore didn't play everybody so who really knows Buffalo didn't start out great but like I thought the offense looked pretty good in the second half I don't know Um, but anyway Eddie Faulkner is like the OC that's kind of irrelevant at this point anyway because he's not being brought back in that role they're extending mm-hmm. his role as running back coach and i'm curious to see like maybe I, I don't know if this has been officially announced yet or anything by the team but i'm curious to see if he takes on like a different role attached to the running back coach role it's just like you know like a pat on the back like hey we recognize you good job because otherwise i'm curious if he would get poached by another organization like i, I wonder if they were worried about that at all because of the work that he's done as the running back coach so would it be like a run game coordinator uh, along with maybe where you can make him like an assistant head coach associate head coach or something like that 
Yeah, uh, offensive assistant. I don't know. There, there's so many roles within this offense that aren't filled by anybody else. Like yeah. we've talked about it before. You know, there's we question the quality of coaches, obviously, but certainly the quantity too. I mean, they consistently have the smallest coaching staff um, in the league. So I, I I don't know if that's going to be expanded upon, or if it's just going to be you nah, know, different guys in different roles. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, that's a conversation for a different day, but I certainly agree. Um, let's get into some questions now that we got here from some Steelers fans. Uh, this is actually, we ask for questions every week for all three teams. Uh, definitely got the most this week in terms of Steelers stuff. Um, and actually some of it's, you know, tied together pretty well. So let's get into it. Uh, John says, what's the trade that lands us Justin Fields? The Steelers nation really want to waste another year of prime TJ with Kenneth and Tanny. Uh, Tanny being Ryan Tannehill, obviously heavily linked to the Pittsburgh Steelers for obvious reasons, obvious ties that are here. Um, you know, the, the Justin Fields thing, I think, is very interesting just because he's only got one year of his contract left, although he does have the fifth year options that's already been picked up. So consider it two years, if you will. I think any team that is acquiring him would like to know that a contract is already in place upon acquiring him. Like you're probably getting an extension done. But like mm-hmm. the hard thing with that is like, what does a Justin Fields extension even look like? I, I think he he has an elevated floor, obviously, because of what he can do with his legs. And you can make all the excuses in the world for him because of, you know, the offense that he's had to play in there in Chicago. But honestly, like this past year, they go out and get a legit number one wide receiver and DJ Moore. Cole Komet had his best year as a pro. You know, I, I think that there were some weapons there. The run game was good. I thought the offensive line played a better than I would have expected them to going into the season. Uh, and he still didn't take the next step as a passer. Like, I think he is a very frustrating player to watch because like the physical tools are obviously all there. The way that he can use his legs, what he does outside of the pocket. And he's got a rocket arm, but watching him within the pocket is one of the most frustrating things that I've ever watched. Like I, I've started watching him a little bit more since becoming a pro recently, just because of the Steelers being linked to him. Um, and man, like it's just, it, it hasn't clicked for him as a passer yet. Like he is as a passer, what people think Lamar Jackson is, what Steelers fans think Lamar Jackson is. So I can't imagine this guy coming to Pittsburgh and doing the exact same thing. And then Steelers fans having to like do a complete flip on the way that they talk about that type of player. Because again, I think that he is, and I don't think Lamar is that type of player, but that's the way Steelers fans have talked about Lamar for so long. Um, I would be intrigued by acquiring Justin Fields. Like me saying all this, don't get me wrong. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what they would be willing to give up and in getting into a bidding war with teams. I trust Omar Khan to not overpay, but I think because of that, there's going to be a team that outbids them. I think like in Atlanta or somebody like that, like they're not necessarily picking high enough to go and get a franchise quarterback. Like, you could say Washington or Vegas or Minnesota or somebody like that, but they're kind of all within striking distance to get a quarterback in this draft if they want to. Atlanta is really the one to me that I'm looking at with where they draft and say that's that's a logical spot for Justin Fields to, to go to. Um, now, this is an interesting thought. Would Washington or New England or one of those teams at the top take Marvin Harrison Jr. and then trade it like a different pick to get Justin Fields so they're not going quarterback up high? I don't know. But as far as the Steelers go, I would be willing to give up a three. I wouldn't give up a one or a two. Ideally, I would actually do like, and I know that this isn't the best offer Chicago would get. I would do like a four this year with a three next year that that can become a two, depending on 
you know, like us making the playoffs, his playing time, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And this is also with the assumption that an extension is already in place upon him coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm not necessarily against Justin Fields coming to Pittsburgh, um, especially because mm-hmm. the bar is so low right now as far as quarterback play goes. I think that's another part of the conversation. Steelers. And yeah. and but I do want to point out, and I understand different times, different coaching staff is different offenses. Like I, I get it, all of it. I get all of it. But I don't think that it's necessarily wrong to point out that the guy that we were talking about is doing so poorly with the Steelers was able to have more success as the Bears quarterback than Justin Fields has had. Like mm. it, Mitch Trubisky's, especially his second and third year in, in, in Chicago were yeah. better than Justin Fields second and third year in Chicago with, with Matt Nagy, who I think a lot of people in Chicago would say was a worse head coach than the guy that's there right now. And Matt, Matt Eber, Eberflus. Then Eberflus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't think I don't I think it's fair to point that out. But saying that, I still would be interested in Justin Fields. I, I'm interested in that style sure. of player. I mean, the style of player that we were you're talking about where Steelers fans think Lamar Jackson is that. Like I'm in the, the it's a modern day feeling yeah. the type of ceiling that Justin a player like Justin Fields could have very much intrigues me. But as far as what a return would be for the Bears, I feel like it is probably going to be too rich for the Steelers. Well, and I'm so I don't think it's going to happen on that end. Because I'm glad that you said the word ceiling though, because like I think a lot of teams are throwing out these trade scenarios as if you're trading for the guy at his ceiling. We haven't seen that ceiling though. Like there's no guarantee of him hitting that. There's certainly no guarantee of him hitting that in Pittsburgh. I know that a lot of people are intrigued because of what his skill set could look like in an Arthur Smith offense. I mean I get it. I'm intrigued, but you don't give up. You don't throw future one or twos at a team because you just assume a guy's going to hit his ceiling. Like, I, I don't know. I think that it's bad. No, he was taken with a one because of his ceiling. You don't trade for him because of his ceiling. If he was taken for the one and he hasn't hit that ceiling yet at three years in. Right. And who knows if he ever is going to develop as a passer, but like, Again, I'm interested because he certainly has a higher floor. I think that he can mask a lot of the deficiencies within this offense for sure, but he himself has a ton of deficiencies that are going to need mass too. Like it, there's give and take on this. Like yeah. I, I'm interested. I, mean, I, I think he again, comes really. in and he's automatically the best quarterback in the room as it sure. sits right it's not now. A, yeah, that's another part of this. Is it like the Steelers have talked about competition. This is not a competition. Like if you trade for Justin Fields, He's your starter. You're not gonna ha- you're not gonna give up asset draft capital yeah. to have a guy come in and be competition. Yeah, no, this isn't like you want competition. You go sign Ryan Tannehill and you have Kenny Pickett and him compete this fall. Yeah. If you want, if you're trading for Justin Fields, you he's your starter. Forget what Kenny Pickett was. Forget Kenny Pickett being your first round pick a couple years ago. Justin Fields is now your starter. It doesn't matter what pick Kenny Pickett was taken with. Sure. Absolutely. And, and the other part of this, like wanting to waste another year of prime uh, TJ with with guys like Kenny Pickett or Ryan Tannehill, I, I get it. Like, I think they should definitely be exploring every possible quarterback option this offseason. But I'm also weary of doing that again, giving up high draft capital. So like, sure, I think that they should be exploring these things. I think they should be exploring Kirk Cousins. I think they should be exploring Russell Wilson because he's Denver still got to pay him. Like you're probably getting him for pretty cheap because he's still getting all that money from Denver. Like there's no, there's no way that Denver's getting out of that. Like most Mm -hmm. of that is guaranteed money that Russell gets. So would he be willing to sign for somewhere near the vet men, you know, to to come here? 
Like they should be exploring these types of things. They should explore Justin Fields trade. I just don't know if what I would be willing to give up gets them into the Justin Fields conversation. That's another thing to bring up talking about Justin Fields. And you just, we just mentioned uh, Ryan Tannehill and I, mm-hmm. I was just comparing what Mitch Trubisky looked like in a bears uniform versus what Justin Fields does with Arthur Smith. I'm taking 2019 and 2020 Ryan Tannehill over anything Justin Fields has done so far. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I think that we're, I don't know if you're saying this, but like, do you think that Tannehill can get back to that level though? Like, I, I don't know. I think that we're, we're, we're moved from that, like, because of where he's at physically at this point, I think a big Tannehill was yeah. an underrated athlete at that time too. Like, I don't think a lot of people talked about the way he was able to use his, it's kind of Brock Purdy, like, like Purdy can scoot. And I don't think a lot of people realize that element of his game. Tannehill was a mobile guy there during those years in Tennessee. Can he still be though? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's tough. He's gotten older since then. I mean, 2020 was a long time ago, but you know, does Arthur Smith, him having no drop back passing game. And I don't think that that's something that fields excels in any way, but like pretty much all of it being off the play action and going through the run game, even when you're passing, you know, these short ins, short outs, like, is that something that we really want Justin Fields as part of? Like, I think that he's a, I think that he's an okay fit for Arthur Smith. I think a lot of people overemphasize how good of a fit that it is. Yeah. Well, something else I was th- thinking about during the Super Bowl, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, last summer, like last offseason, especially like around camp and around uh, the preseason, going into that first game against San Francisco, you had all these Steeler fans. I mean, not just Steeler fans, NFL in general, basically saying that Brock Purdy was a fluke and that Brock Purdy was a game manager oh, and he man. doesn't have it. I mean, I I yeah. would tra- I would trade I I I know this is probably like crazy. Like I would trade more for Brock Purdy than I would for Justin Fields yeah. by a mile right now. Yeah. Would you trade pick twenty for Brock Purdy? Straight like straight up, just one for one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause you get a starting quarterback because of it. Yeah, I agree. Brock Purdy, I think, is probably within the top eight to 12 quarterbacks in the league. I was going to say top 12. Yeah. He's good. He's good. He's (laughs) he's not just a game manager. He is good. Yeah. No, he's a good quarterback. Um, The next question, you know, we're talking about pick 20. We'll bring a draft question into this from Caleb. He said, given Jackson Powers, Johnson's rising draft stock, who do you like more between uh, Van Pran and Frazier? And are there any center, other center prospects in this class you would have looked or considered in a later round? Or do you think Powers Johnson is good enough to select a 20 despite positional value? I, I do think Jackson Powers Johnson is worth pick number 20. But what I'll say is him at pick 20 plus their second rounder might not be as good if you can get um, like whoever you could get at 20 and Zach Frazier at 51. Like, that. But to answer the question about Van Pran and Frazier, Zach Frazier is number two. And I think he's actually closer to Powers Johnson than Van Pran is to Frazier for me. I think there's Frazier would gap. be my number two as well. Um, yeah. And anybody who's paid attention, I am all on the JPJ Part two to the Steelers, Jackson Powers Johnson's. I, I want him at twenty. I th- I think if sure. this if this charging cable is taking a center or, or, or draft drafting a center in the first round, mm-hmm. get that crap out of here. I 
have no problem with the draft value, like the positional value in that first round pick. I don't care. And I think that you're seeing this from a guy like Creed Humphrey. Why did Creed Humphrey fall as much as he did? It's because he was a center. He should have been taken well higher than what he was. Look at what he's become in the NFL. Look at what he is in Kansas City. I, yeah. I think that he's 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 definitely one of the best, if not the best, center in the in the NFL right now. I think that you look at what Jackson Powers Johnson is, and our friend Derek Bell has looked at him a lot. He sees no flaws from him. And you look at what the Steelers are going to need, especially in an Arthur Smith offense. You're going to need a really good center. And the Steelers, guess what they don't have right now? A really good center. So that's why, to me, you throw positional value out the window. You take him if he's there. But if he's not there or if if they do go away from it, it's Zach Frazier for me. The West Virginia center, he's he's mm. super good. And I do think I, – I agree with you that actually the, the value of the picks might be better depending on who's there at 20 if they don't go Powers-Johnson and they do take a corner or maybe even one of these tackles that could be coming out. The value could be better than, than Jackson Powers-Johnson than whoever they pick at 51. But for me personally, looking at the, the value of – not just the position of value for the draft, but the positional value for – the Steelers' offense and then that Arthur Smith offense, how much center is important in that offense. That's why I think you throw the center position value out the window for, for pick 20. You just look at your team specifically. Who cares what everybody else thinks? Yeah, you got to be a special center to go in the first round. I think he is a special center. Like I think that you're talking about very, very different in terms of the way that they're built, but just in terms of the movement skills for the position, I think you're talking about a guy, and I just want to relate it back to the Steelers, that moves like Marquise Pouncey did in space. Obviously, Jackson Powers Johnson, much bigger, and it's more impressive that he moves the way that he does, given his size. Um, yeah, so I don't have an issue with the positional value. I was just saying, like, Jackson Powers Johnson at 20 plus whoever at 52, um, I don't know if I'm taking that over – say a tackle at 20 and then if you can get Zach Frazier at 52 but I don't know that Zach Frazier to be available at 52 like honestly yeah. if he went in the back end of the first round I'm not really questioning it uh some other guys that could be there you know Van Pran I think is going to go down the board a little bit because of his injury and stuff not being able to really participate leading up to the draft but like a guy like Bo Limmer out of Arkansas I think could go late day two or early, probably early day three. Uh, Drake Nugent out of Michigan is another one probably goes on day three that I don't know that he like is going to start right away. And that's probably the problem for Steelers fans. Like, you know, they need to have a starting center in here next year. Um, but definitely a guy that I could see elevating down the line and be ready to go at some point, you know, later in the year or definitely in year two. Um I haven't watched a ton of centers yet. I'm going to watch Bryce Foster out of Texas A&M because he's somebody that intrigues me as well. Um, I don't know about anybody besides that. So that's probably where I'm at with the center class. I, I, but like with the Steelers, as as much as they've been linked to these centers at the top, I, like basically I feel the same way as I did last year about Keanu Benton, about either one of Jackson Powers Johnson or Zach Frazier. Like I'll be pretty surprised if they don't get one of those two. If I if I'm making a gut call right now, I'd say mm. if they get a center within the first two picks, it's going to be Zach Frazier and not Jackson Powers Johnson. And yeah. for some reason, I feel like it is because Jackson Powers Johnson plays at Oregon and Zach Frazier plays at West Virginia. And the Steelers Ooh. do not the Steelers rarely pick players across the Mississippi River. That's a good point. But Tomlin definitely definitely had his eyes on him at the uh Oh, I know, I know. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was probably like, hey, our scouts didn't even say anything about you during the season. 
Yeah. I mean, just, uh, it's, it's, it's true. Like you go look at the Steelers past 10 drafts, very mm-hmm. few compared to, to East, East of the Mississippi to West of the Mississippi. There's very few picks that, that they travel West for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tyler says, who do you think will, is a likely candidate for the Steelers to look at at safety, whether it be a draft or free agency? Uh, Tyler Hernley <laughs> jumped into this and said, piggybacking off of this since my question is related, should they consider a reunion with Terrell Edmonds? He wouldn't command a huge salary and chemistry he and Minka had, allowed 39 to be an all-pro type safety that we know he can be. Um, I would throw Terrell Edmonds into this bucket for people that I would consider for sure. Um, but, you know, looking elsewhere – like it depends on how big they want to go with this for free agency. This is, I've already like prefaced by saying this is definitely a position that I'm attacking in free agency as opposed to the draft. I really like the free agency class and I don't love the safety class. Plus it allows you to just focus on other areas in the draft, you know, tackle center cornerback, mm-hmm. those areas, maybe they go receiver at some point in there could definitely take a quarterback. Um, even if it's not high in the middle rounds, developmental guy. Um, I'll throw Con- uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out there who just signed a one-year deal in Detroit. Could definitely sign another one-year deal. Would be his third straight one-year deal if he does do that. He's played both safety spots, can play nickel, so he would offer um, some value to them in the slot as well. Uh, what about a hometown reunion? Jordan Whitehead met with the Steelers before he signed the deal with the Jets. It was just a two-year deal, so he's going to be hitting the free agency again. I don't see them going big game hunting, but Kyle Duggar would be my ideal guy. I just think that he's going to command more than they're willing to spend at the position, which I totally get. Like, I'm not saying to shell out a bunch of money um, to a strong safety or anything like that, but Kyle Duggar could just do so many things that this defense doesn't have right now. Uh, I'd be interested in like Jeremy Chin, who, you know, could be a bounce back candidate that his. He constantly was going the wrong direction in Carolina, like had a really good rookie year, and that was probably his best year in Carolina. So um curious to see what he can command on the open market. I thought I had one other guy circled here uh, as somebody that would be interested in. Um, oh, yeah, J. Ron Curse massive six foot four safety plays a lot like a linebacker and you know they're constantly looking for those safeties that can play in the box i think he would definitely make sense again i would throw terrell Edmonds into that bucket um i don't know you got any names or did i just take basically all of them within that i mean you basically named all of the realistic free agent <laughs> options I, i'll just say yeah. my go-to my my pick um well the the one that name that you said that would be my pick is cal duggar but that's not going to happen uh, yeah. So my so, so my pick have... would be the hometown pick with Jordan Whitehead. I I think a reunion would not yeah. only be fun for the hometown crowd, but I think it would be a nice pairing with him and Minka back there. They have a thing on uh, Spot Track here for market value, and they like try to calculate their contract. And Brad Spielberger at PFF has honestly been more on the money than they have with these. But um, theirs for Kyle Duggar, sixteen and a half million per year. Four years, sixty-six million, which would make him the fourth highest paid at the position. I can't see the Steelers doing that with what they're paying Minka on the opposite side. So, yeah, I I don't think that they're going to touch that one. The one that I actually didn't bring up that I am interested in, just because I can't see this. Be, I guess because of his age, maybe thirty-three years old. Micah Hyde made nine million dollars last year. They have his projected contract at one year is three point seven million. That's doable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and his teammate Taylor Rapp, who just signed a one-year deal there as well, is a free agent again. He had to play a lot of ball this year for them, even though he was originally supposed to be just their third safety. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, they were dealing with some injuries this year, so Taylor Rapp played quite a bit. Yeah, uh, we pretty much named everybody. 
Buda Baker has a uh, club option this year, so he's on this list, but won't be on this list. Although does need to be traded. That's that's possible with the way that things went down last year too, when it looked like he was going to be. Um, uh, Ricky said, "Do you see the Steelers trading for Fields? What would you give up for him?" Kind of touched on this already, but like I guess we didn't say. I don't know if we fully said what we would do. It's it's circumstantial, and I think that everything is right, but like there's a very clear threshold of what I'd be willing to pay. And I just think a team like Atlanta is going to give up more to do it. Um, listen, if, if they'll trade him for a single third round pick. Yeah, go ahead, do it. But you know, if we're talking about like the, the projected trade, I would just mentioned Brad Spielberger for PFF. He put out a projected trade, which was our second this year. And then a fifth next year, man, I, I have a tough time giving up a second round pick with everything else that the Steelers need this year to go and get an unproven commodity in Justin Fields. Yeah, I I don't think any second or higher is realistic for the Steelers. I don't think it should be. I don't think that it's realistic for the Steelers just because of what you had just said as well. Like I think they'll be outbid by somebody. If if the two of us, we can kind of agree. Like I I, th- I think that would go no higher than a third round pick. And if that's the case, not that the Steelers are necessarily going to feel the same way but i know that there are teams that will give up more than just a third round pick or even go like higher to a second round pick because Mm -hmm. they're they're desperate at the position and they have more to give and i i I just i can't i can't see it so for me personally would i do it yes but there's an asterisk on it because i don't know what the trade's going to be if the trade fits the bill of like what i want to give it back in return then sure I, i would try it out but I don't think that it's going to get there. So I'm going to say no, that the trade is not going to happen because I don't think that the Steelers are going to be able to offer, not not necessarily just get beat out by uh, another team, but I don't even think that they're going to offer something that Chicago would be interested in. Yeah. Um, Ross said, who was the better quarterback for us? Mitch Trubisky, Duck Hodges, Landry Jones, Dennis Dixon. This is actually pretty easy for me. I think Landry Jones got too much hate here, to be quite honest with you. I think it was because he's playing behind Ben. Yeah. Yeah. When I think I of think Landry Jones, NFL backup, like, when although, I think of Landry Jones, I think of that one game yeah. against, was it Kansas City, the Martavis touchdown? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that, that's like the game I, my mind always goes to whenever I think of like that era of Steelers football with, with basically with those players. Like, with, when or I think are you talking about the Cardinals down. one? Cause there was, Going against the Cardinals, that was a long touchdown, too. I think it's probably the Cardinals one. Okay. I don't know. I just know Landry Jones was the starter in that game because Ben was hurt. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I don't think Landry Jones was that bad of a quarterback. If I had to rank them, ooh. Mr. Trubisky's the worst. Like why I really don't remember Dennis Dixon playing much. That's the problem here. Like I, I want to say him playing ever. Uh, let me see. Dennis Dixon, Dennis Dixon. Like, cause can we can we count him if he didn't even play? He de- he definitely did play. I remember him playing. Like, I don't remember a lot of him. That's the thing. But I definitely remember okay, him. He had th- he had three starts in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he was two and one in those starts. That's a like, had, they have a winning record with Dennis Dixon. Had four hundred. Actually, three of the four guys mentioned here have winning records, I believe. 
and Mitch Trubisky's the one that doesn't, which is crazy. Yeah. So, like, if I was going to rank them, I'd probably say Landry Jones, Duck Hodges, Dennis Dixon, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I like. I, I feel like I have to say Mitch above at least Dennis Dixon. Like, two and one. What do you have? Like, two touchdowns though. One touchdown, two picks. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say Landry. I mean, I might put Mitch above Duck too. Like Duck was more fun. He also had a rushing touchdown. Okay. I'm gonna say Landry, Mitch, Duck, Dennis Dixon. You're pretty Mitch above Duck. Yeah, I think Duck was more fun, but like, I don't know if you if you had to have one of those guys start a game like clean slate, not fresh in our mind the way that things just went with Mitch this year. I think when when we go back and when like in a couple years, we're gonna say we'd rather have Mitch Trubisky. I think it's just because Trubisky literally just happened. Yeah, that's true. It's that so, it's so fresh. Yeah, that I mean that whole season was just house money. So like, and and it, the way that we f- feel about Mitch right now is how we felt about Mason at that time. I feel like so it was just like Duck Hodges yeah. was different. Hodges, what Duck Hodges was the Mason, and Mason was Trubisky that year. That's that's true, that's true. So we're just reversing course now. So if we include Mason Rudolph into this group, is he at the top, yeah. or is he is he behind Landry? Yeah. No, Mason Mason's at the top because even in that season, like he played, he was playing okay up until Baltimore took him out, and then. I don't know. I mean, kept going in and out of the lineup, but like he's he's started the most games for them out of the group. Yeah. If if they had to play one game tomorrow, and you're including him in that group, I, I'm playing Mason Rudolph, and that isn't just because <laughs> I'm just watching. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna add one more quarterback. Nate, you 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 get to play all of them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Everybody you just named, and add Kenny Pickett into that group. Who are you picking? Still Mason. That's bad. Your decision's not bad, but it's bad that mm-hmm. that's the reality we live in, that our car- starting quarterback next season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kenny's two because he is crap. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> uh, that's it for the questions. Um, Man. Don't know if you have anything else. That's I'll fun. actually bring up one, one last thing because I saw yeah. it on Twitter. I saw some people discussing it. I don't know who, who tweeted it. I think the answer is clear, clearly easy, but I, I figured I'd ask it to you and I'll ask everybody who's listening to this. Let us know if you want to. Would you rather the Kansas City Chiefs three-peat or have the Bengals or Ravens win the Super Bowl? Kansas City. Yeah, I think it's easy. Easy to watch that three-peat. I, yeah. I, 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 I'll I, be I, honest. I don't, I don't, at least yet, maybe it happens next season. I don't hate KC in the way that I hated New England during those years. I don't, I think I just, I mean, I love change, Like, what do you think the difference is? They're more likable. Andy Reid's more likable. So. Yeah. I think Andy, Andy Reid's 100% more likable than Bill Belichick. Yeah. I don't think, I don't necessarily think that. <sighs> A lot of people are starting to find Travis Kelsey unlikable, <laughs> but. Yeah. I, I, I Am I crazy for saying that I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is necessarily that much more likable than Tom Brady was? Like, what about Tom Brady was I mean, unlikable besides he won? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm somebody that had a Tom Brady jersey. 
So like as a whole, I didn't like the Patriots, but it wasn't necessarily Tom. I actually disliked Belichick more than Tom. And I don't know why it was. And I like I like Tom way more when he left the Patriots. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Like I had no Absolutely. issue with Tom Brady when he left the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I so I, I, I think it's just more likable. And I, I honestly think it's not really necessarily the quarterback is more more likable. I think it's mostly the head coach. For, at least awesome. for me personally, I think it's is one hundred percent like Andy Reid's way more likable than Belichick. But at a certain point, if they three peat, then they also, have to be the Patriots, right? Uh, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to take away from the Patriots here because like I'm not one of those people. But like, there's a the lot cheated? of there was a lot more of those alleg- Like, there's never been questions about the Chiefs. People will throw around like the refs favoring them or whatever. But it's not like Spygate, Deflategate, those types of things. People yeah. are just saying the refs are favoring them in games. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that completely. But if if they would say they do three peat, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, is it just like everybody against them? Like you you would rather like probably I, I, I feel like six. I I I feel like if if it gets to the point where if they three peat next year and, and I would rather them three peat over any AFC North team winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But if they if they had three in a row and they were going for a uh, what do you call it a four peat or a quad peat? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess we have to ask like the Islanders. There's the not a name. For, we'll call it the Mahomes or the Chiefs. The Mahomes. <laughs> At that point, I would root for the Baltimore Ravens over Kansas City if they were going for their fourth in a row. That's tough. I, I don't know. I hope we don't get to that point. No. But uh, th- not. Steelers related, but it was under the post. Somebody said to talk about Pitt basketball because they were playing Virginia very well. Well, as we're sitting here right now, Pitt b- beat Virginia at Virginia, number 21 ranked Virginia by 11. So huge win for Pitt. Um, they just seem to be getting better as the season goes on. Definitely making a march here uh, towards March, and hopefully they can d- find themselves uh, in the tournament. But we don't talk about college sports on here a lot. Tyler will sometimes let his BYU fandom leak over. Uh, but he's a fan of BYU and Pitt. I root for Pitt and Ohio State, but wouldn't necessarily consider myself like a huge fan of either. Certainly not to the extent uh, that Tyler is a BYU fan. Yeah, yeah. Andy Reid, BYU, by the way, and also yeah. uh, practice. Squad oh, that's tight why. End. That's why. Practice, practice squad tight end <laughs> Matt Matt Bushman, two time Super Bowl champion. Matt Bushman. Wow, there you go. Him and Chris Ol- catching passes from Chris Oladokun on that practice squad. One hundred percent. Uh, that does it for us. This has been the Around the 412 Steelers Show. Check out the description, the link to everything custom designs. If you're watching on YouTube, here it is, Around the 412. Hey, he wore it. Designs, Haley Wagner. Uh, if you're listening, uh, just picture me standing up and wearing a gray Around the 412 shirt that Haley Wagner and everything custom designs made for us. You can get this exact same shirt if you message her and ask for it, but she does custom T-shirts, hoodies, a bunch of different other stuff, just not hats. So you can get on her about that when you message her as well. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Be sure to follow us at Around the 412 on all social media platforms. Leave us a five-star review if you aren't on YouTube and you're listening, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. For Smitty, for Tyler, this has been the Around the 412 Steelers Show. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.